Hallelujah. You may be seated. I also can. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I just want to ask a question. Those who believe that they are saved in the house, can you lift up your hands if you believe that you are saved? Hallelujah. Thank you. If you are here and you know you are not saved, can you lift up your hands? If there's anyone... Listen, it's not a matter of pride. People think we all are saved. No, we are not all saved. We are all saved in principle, but we have not all received salvation. Salvation needs to be received. So if you are here and you have not received salvation yet, and you want to receive salvation, can you lift up your hand? Thank you. Thank you. Stand up, my friend. Stand up. Yes. Is there anyone else with him? Is there anyone else? Anyone else that hasn't received salvation? Hallelujah. Okay, come, let me pray with you. you are, can we encourage him as he comes? If you are here and you know you haven't received salvation, this is your moment. Thank you. Uh, were you invited? Who invited you? Okay, is the person here? Are you here? Wow, come with him. Oh, you only came last week and you already invited people. You see? Uh, you are clapping. I think we must be ashamed. Thank you, my friend. Sit. You, you will feel this church. These people are sitting here. They are playing. Somebody just came last week. He brought somebody today. You are here for many years. You are eating chappy, putting it under a chair. And <laughs> something I must talk about. Yesterday, they cleaned the chair. It was full of chappy underneath. And what are you doing? You eating chappy, putting it underneath, and you come to church. You don't even bring somebody. You bring your chappy. <laughs> so, please, don't eat chappy and put it under the chair. Listen, I realize that we are not... Father, help us. We are not treasuring the things of God. The, the, the reverence, we have lost the reverence in the house because we have been taught that we have a temple, which is true. But do you understand that God treasures things also? Do you understand that what we have dedicated as house of the Lord is, is important in God's eyes? So we come and we eat chappies, we put it under the chair, we don't care. We eat food, we clean it on the chair, we go. And yesterday the ladies were, were cleaning here, it was a tough job. I SMS, I was talking to Lerato, I said, have you finished? Around six, they haven't finished yet. Cleaning everything. Please, let help us, help us. Amen? So stop, you see the carpet, we wash it. You guys come drink, cool drink, you pour it on the carpet, you go. Don't do that. 
I know you will say it's my children, but please look after the children. Hallelujah. Amen. I also had children when they were small. Yeah, when I bring them to church, I tell them you don't mess up with the church staff. They are here, they can tell you. Have you ever seen my children running to me and going to the pulpit? I told them that when I stand there, forget about that. You don't run there. We must teach our children to, to treasure the things of God. It's not a play. So when your children eat, please take him and eat outside. Yes, don't mess up the carpet. This is precious. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes, I must tell you, this is precious. It costs a lot of money. We didn't tell you, but it costs a lot of money. It's one person that is not in the church that put this carpet for me. He's not even here. We put, it was 60,000 before me, say, I'm putting it for your ministry. He put it here. Now we come here, we eat, and we mess it up. Please, let's stop this. I'm serious, let's stop this. If you are offended, I'm glad you are offended. Yeah, if I say this and you're offended, I'm very glad. I wanted to offend you, actually. So I, then, then, then I succeeded what I was doing. Hallelujah. So let's pray with you. Put your... <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Say, thank you, Lord. I give my life to you today. Forgive my sins. Wash me clean with your blood. Today, I put my trust in you. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. I forsake Satan. And I confess that you are my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Father, for his salvation. We pray that your grace may be upon him, that the grace of the Holy Ghost may be given to him in Jesus' name. Amen. You know what? After the service, not now, after the service, look at this guy. He's very tall. You can't miss him. After the service, he will go to you or you come to him. He will talk to you. Hallelujah. Now, my question stands. How many people believe that we have received salvation? Hallelujah. Now, what did you receive when you were saved? What did you received, receive when you were saved? Amen? That's a question. Because many people don't know what they received when they were saved. Salvation is a gift. You received it, you call it salvation. But what is that salvation you are talking about? What did you receive? You see, in the book of Acts 19, Paul met people and he said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you were saved? They say, we haven't even heard of a Holy Spirit. And they say, pray for them, and they receive a Holy Spirit. You understand that I, re I realize something. If you don't know the value of something, you don't treasure it. Yes. Hallelujah. I say, if you don't know the value of something, you don't treasure it. I read a story of a man. He was in... You know, those they call appraisers, those who give values, monetary values to things, appraisers. You bring the, like, antique stuff and they give you the value of it. Amen? So they appraisers. So the man wrote a story and I read and it touched me. He said that a, an elderly man came to him with a blanket. And when the man entered his place, he said, I nearly stopped breathing because of what he was carrying. So he asked the elderly man, do you know what you have? The man said, no, it's a blanket. 
I said, do you know that blanket? He said, no, actually, uh, it's in my house. It's there for a long time. And the guy said, do you know the value of it? He said, which value? And as we were talking, the man told him that what you are carrying, it's a special blanket that was made in 1850. And that blanket that was made was for chiefs in America, those uh, uh, indigenous, or we call them, how do you call them? Eh? Indians or whatever. Uh, and, and the man explained to him that in a bad day in America, you will sell this for $350,000 in a bad day. And the elderly man, he asked the elderly man in a question in the beginning, he said, are you rich? He said, no, I'm not rich, I'm broke. Then he told him, do you know what you carry? And when he gave him the value, the appraiser was crying. He had tears in his eyes and he said, you don't know what you are carrying. And that man had that in his, on his old chair and when he wanted to rest, he just sit on it and he didn't know what he had. And all these years, he had that in his house, and he was broke. The guy said to him, in a bad day, you can have 350000 So in a good day, what are you going to have? And, and that, that, that spoke to me about something, and that we have something, or we are something, that we don't know about. Now, today, I don't want to talk about what we have. I want to talk about what we are. Amen? Uh-huh. I want us to read the book of uh, Ephesians chapter number one. Hallelujah. Are you with me? When we finish this and you don't know your value, then you must leave the church. I don't want you here. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. Ephesians chapter number one, verse 15 to 21. Then I can't help you. Can we read it? Ephesians chapter number one, verse 15 to 21. I want you to read it from this translation, and I will read it from another translation to show you a difference. Okay, let, let, let me read. It says, Therefore, I also, after I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, follow me, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, that, let's carry it, which he worked in Christ Jesus when he raised him up from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. Far, let's continue, far above all principalities and power and might and dominion and every name, that is named not only in this age, but also in the age which is to come. Uh, this is the reading. Now, when you read this, you might not understand. Hallelujah. If your English is not very efficient, you will not understand. Because the construction here makes it very difficult. I want to read you uh, from the New Living Translation. 
And then maybe you will understand. New Lingua Translation. Hallelujah. And you will tell me if, if, if I'm, I'm lying to you. Now, he said, Therefore I also, after I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Then he said, the eyes of your understanding being, being flooded with the knowledge of God. Hallelujah. Let, let, let me start again, because I, I believe that some of you don't, uh, wouldn't maybe catch what I'm saying. He said, hallelujah. Let me read the, one of the, the, the particular verse. I want to read one of the particular verse so that we can understand better what I'm trying, because when I read from the, the, the New Living, there was a difference. Let me read it again. Ever since the first time I heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you may grow in your knowledge of God. Amen? So that you may grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with a light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to us, the one he called. Hallelujah. And he said, I pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe. This is the same power that he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenlies. Now, he is far above any rule, authority, or power, leader, or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. Hallelujah. He said, I pray that the heart of your eyes be flooded so that you may understand the confident hope that he has given to those he called. His people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Can I say it again? He said, I pray that your heart, let's put verse 18 and read it from your translation, and I'll read it from here, verse 18. Because if you miss the beginning, you'll miss the whole preaching. Verse 18, let's read verse 18, and I'll read it from here, okay? Let's read, one, two, three. Of your being like that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the sin. Let me read it from here. I pray that your heart may be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. So when you read it here, it feels like the inheritance is in you. But what he's trying to say is that you are God's inheritance. 
Hallelujah. Because when you read it, you, when I read it in this translation, it was confusing. Because he's talking about God's inheritance, but then he's talking about God's inheritance in you. But what he means is that actually you are God's inheritance. So there is a, a place where you have an inheritance in heaven. But there is this place where you are God's inheritance on earth. Hallelujah. You are God's inheritance. Hallelujah. I don't know how many people understand the concept of inheritance. Do you know that family fight and destroy each other for inheritance? Uh, somebody died, he left a house. And everybody want that house. And for that very house, they go to which doctors? They go, every, they go to lawyers so that they can get the house. They say, this is my inheritance. Meaning this is my possession. I will fight for it so that I can get it. I have seen family being divided over inheritances. Hallelujah. I've seen family members that bewitch each other over inheritances. Hallelujah. People go to the lawyer and uh, those lawyers that deal with inheritances, they come out crying because they didn't leave them anything. You see, the Bible says that a father leaves a good inheritance to his children. So it means that inheritance are important. So when you have a good inheritance, your life is set. You see, some people are born not because they are clever, but they are born in good families. Hallelujah. When they were, the family in which they were born, they were born with all the assets. So they don't need to do anything. They can just rise over that and carry on. Some of us, we need to make our way. Some of us, we need to work in order to get what is it. Some of you, you are born with it in your hands already. Because you are born with the pleasure of inheritance. So it means somebody works for you to get what you have today. So all you have to do is to maintain and grow it. Hallelujah. And some of us are born, like I said, without nothing. We just came just with our hair. Some of you didn't, we were even not born with hair. You, you were born just. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I go to us, I see some baby, they have nothing. They don't have hair, they have nothing. They just came. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm talking about the principle of inheritance. That when you understand the inheritance, you know how to work with it. Now, God is saying, you are his inheritance. And God understands the value of things. And if he chooses to have you as an inheritance, he knows the value of you. Uh, many people say, we are nothing. If you were nothing, nothing would die for you. How can, how can Christians say, we are nothing? Listen, listen, even the devil wanted you. What is in you that caused heaven and hell to fight for you? Why you say, I'm nothing? You are nothing. Okay, continue to be nothing. You don't know the value 
of you. You didn't, you didn't get your value when you were saved. You got your value when you were created. Because if you only got value when you were saved, then there was no way for God, for God to die for you. Hallelujah. You see, if you go to the book of Genesis, Genesis 2, 7, put it there, Genesis 2, 7, I want to show you something. Oh, Lord, give me time so that I can just talk a bit to these people. Genesis 2, 7. And I say, and God, and the Lord God formed man of a dust of a girl, and what? Breathe in his nostril the breath of life, and man became a living being. Now, now, your problem is that you limit yourself to men. Men is from the dust. But what is in men is not from dust. When he was, when he was a clay, he was called man. Bible says, and God breathed. Now, the word breathe there, don't misunderstand it. The word breathe does not mean... That's what you think. That he just released some breath and man became a living soul. No. If you study, it means God released himself into man. Come on. He did not just breathe in you. He released himself into you. So God is after himself. He's pursuing himself when he's pursuing you. Because he put himself into you. The reason why the devil wants you is not because he, 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 he loves you, because he knows that there is God in you. Come on. Come on, come on, come on. What is after, what is after is the God in you that is after. Yes. So that you may know. He said you are his inheritance. Why will God fight for dust? Uh, that, that goes to dust. Why would he die for dust? Because dust is going back to dust. And, and, and when you rise, you won't come with dust anymore. You come with a glorious body. So he has no business redeeming dust. There is something that he redeems. Ah, what he redeemed was not the dust, it was himself in you. Because men didn't know what he carried. So he didn't know he carried God. So he trade what he carried with food. And God said, although he has sold the body, listen, listen, listen. God says, you are dust and you will return to dust. He cursed the dust part. He never cursed the God's part. He said, you are dust and you shall return to dust. But he never addressed the breath. Because God cannot curse himself. Oh my God, my God, listen to me now, listen to me now. So the breath in man is a breath that we call the breath of God. Listen, 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 listen. When Corona was in power before we defunded him, when, when Corona was in power, have you realized that when somebody coughs, he releases something? Hallelujah. That thing he released is in his breath. So, 
your identity is formed and found in your breath. So it means that when they get your breath, they got you. So God's breath is God. If you test the DNA of the breath of somebody, you will realize who the person is. You know, there was a new technology that they were developing. I don't know where they went with that. Instead of fingerprint, they were trying to test breath. In a way that if you go into a place and you breathe, they can know who was there. Yes, because in the breath, the DNA is. So when God released his breath in you, what did he release? Himself. So if they test that breath, they found God. Because it's the DNA of God that was released into man. Come on. Come on. So when they say you are God's inheritance, you, you, you think you are God's inheritance because you, you were lost and now he has found you. No. You are his inheritance because in the beginning he put himself in you. And when you understand the importance of what you carry, you start to behave differently. Hallelujah. If you don't know, if you don't understand, you behave like a cheap man. Hallelujah. And then you, you are worried about what people say about you. Because your value is found in what they say. Your value is not found in what God says. Then you are like a man that goes to and through upon the words of people. So, 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 you know what? You even dress well so that people can appreciate you. You don't dress because you are God's temple and you are looking after that temple. Your, your aim for dressing is for the approval of men. So everything you do is for men to say something. You forgot. <laughs> you forgot who you carry. I don't want to say what. Who? Who you? Hey, the Bible says, and that is a point of a lot of discussion among the, theo the, 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 what, the theologians. Because God says something to somebody. Somewhere. He say you are God, but you will die like mere men. And the reason why he says that, he said because you don't know. Now, was God saying that you are God the Father? No. He's saying you have something of me in you. Hallelujah. And if you have something of me in you, why do you behave like? He said, you will die like mere men. Meaning you were not supposed to die like mere men. But he said, because you don't know. You are going, he said, you stagger in the darkness because you don't know. You are quiet. I'm touching a religious spot here. <laughs> yes, I know religious people. Ah, so does he say he's God? No, I say God is in me. That's what I'm trying to tell you. He is in me. He lives in me. Hallelujah. So, so when I move, who moves? God moves. What is he talking about? It's in your Bible. You don't read it well. Hallelujah. You don't read the Bible. You read the Bible with religious glasses. 
Hallelujah. So you can't see what I'm talking about. You, you, you are so mindful of people that you, are, you, you neglect who is in you. You read Colossians 1.27. Don't you read it? You know it by heart, but I will put it there so that you can know. Maybe you don't know the reference, but you know what I'm talking about. Colossians 1.27, put it there. Uh-huh. To them God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Who is in you? Remember, they didn't say Jesus in you. They say Christ is in you. And they never say Jesus is in you. They say Christ is in you. And who is Christ? Christ is the spirit, is the spirit of the Messiah. And, 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 and Christ in you, the spirit is in you. Hallelujah. So, so you need to understand. Now, like I say, many people don't know who they are. So they worry about what people are saying. Look, in the book of 1 Samuel, I want us to read that. 1 Samuel chapter number 17, just four verses. 1 Samuel 17, let's read from verse 26 to 30. 1 Samuel 17, 26 to 30. He said, then David spoke to the man who stood by him, saying, what shall be done for the man who will kill the Philistines? Stop it, man. Don't take it away. Listen, we are talking about the, 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 the battle between David and Goliath. Do you know that before David goes to battle, he was more interested on the reward than on the battle itself? Listen, David never asked how big is the opponent. He said, David spoke to them and said, what shall it be done for the man who will kill this sister? So David was more interested on the reward because he knew the battle was already done. Now, David knew who he was. He said, he said well, what shall be done to the guy? Let's carry on. And he takes away the reproach from his For who is this uncircumcised? He said, who is he? It means David does not even know where he, who he is. Who, who Goliath was, was no business for David. He was not worried. David was not studying to know who Goliath was. All he knew is going to kill him. For you that are studying the devil, stop. You, you, you're wasting your time studying the devil. You don't need to study him. You don't need to know who you are. Expert on demonology. They are experts. They even know how it looks like. I don't know. I don't need to know how it looks like. I need to know I can beat him. Does it mean we are ignorant of his devices? No. But his devices are revealed to us through the spirit. Yeah. Hallelujah. So he said, who will kill that guy? He said, who is this? Uncircumcised Philistine. He, he went to the intimacy of a guy. He said, who is this? <laughs> <laughs> he knew this guy is not circumcised. <laughs> He said that, that, that he should defy the army of the living God. So David was saying, because I know who God is, 
I don't need to worry who Goliath is. So he said, he has defied me, I mean, let's go on. And the people answered to him in this manner, saying, so shall it be done for the man who kills him. Let's go. Now, Eliab. Eliab. How do you read that? No, don't read it in Sutu. Read it in English. <laughs> or in African, Eliab. <laughs> How do you read this? Eliab, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Eliab. His older brother heard when he spoke to a man, and Eliab's anger was harassed against David. And he said, why did you come here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know. I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you have come down here to see the battle. And David said, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? Then he turned from him toward another and said the same thing, and these people answered him as the first one did. This is David. He is going to the battlefield to see if his brothers are okay. That was his mission. He comes there, he realized there is a giant that is tormenting the army. David was not a trained soldier. He was a shepherd. Amen? But when he comes there, he realized that this man is defying the army of a living God. And people are afraid of him because they don't know who they are serving. So he comes there, he says, he is defying the army of a living God. Not the army of the people, Israel. No, the army of a living God. Meaning, my God, help me. Meaning, what Goliath, was defi- what Goliath was defying was not just the Israelites standing there. It was the host of heaven. It won't talk about the army of a living God. Don't think the Israelites were the army of a living God. <laughs> He's talking about the host that come with the army because David understood that battle was spiritual. That's why when he has to face Goliath, he cursed Goliath with the name of God. He didn't curse Goliath with the name of the army. He said, he said, you, you are insulting the God of heaven. So it's not the army, it's not the physical army that you are defying, it's the invisible army. And he said, this is the army of a living God. And, and Goliath was standing there. Then the brother came. He said, hey, you, I know you. You have pride in your heart. And David would have gone, Lord, forgive me. I didn't know I have pride. What did he do? The brother challenged him. The brother said, I know you, you have pride. David said, what is your business? What is your business? And what David did? He turned his back. You see, there are some days where you don't need to face people. Yeah, where you need to turn your back and leave them with their own struggle. And when they feel to struggle, they will come back to you. The problem you are having is that you want to deal with everybody. Some people you need to just turn your back and go where God wants you to go. You just need to leave them where they are and say, I leave you here. Enough is enough. Me, I'm going on with God's battle. 
And David said, David turned his back. He never asked him a question again. I bet you when David killed the man, the brother was ashamed. Because he was the one that was saying, you can't fight. And David said, I can fight. He said, you can't fight. David said, I can fight. Because I'm not fighting with my strength. I'm fighting with hosts of the armies of heaven. And, and, and listen, 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 listen. David knew that his power was not terrestrial, was not coming from earth. He knew that his power was coming from heaven. And, and, and when he met Goliath, he says, let me tell you something. I will show you how you will die so that when you are dead, you won't wonder how you died. He said, I'll tell you, I will cut your head and then I'll feed your flesh. Now, there is something when you read, you can go and read it at home. David, Goliath said, come to me, I'll kill you and make and feed the, the, the bird of the air. I'll feed them with your flesh. David came and said, I'll feed the flesh of the army of the Philistine. So Goliath was limited to David. David was seeing a bigger picture. Goliath thought, I'll kill David. David thought, I'll kill the army. So this is the difference between the two. One was facing the army, the other one was facing an individual. And he said, the bird of the air will feed the flesh of the army of Philistine. And listen, David didn't kill Goliath as a warrior. He killed him as a shepherd. So it means you don't need to switch who you are in order to kill Goliath. You just need to be confident in the one that sent you. And if you know who sent you, Goliath will bow down to you. You have, you are God's own possession. Look at David alone. Who, what could he do? Now you are more than David. Hallelujah. Because now God has declared that you are his possession, his own inheritance. Look at the people of Israel. In those days, God said, Israel is my inheritance. Huh? And because God declared them as inheritance, no man could beat them. Israel could, f could face the larger army. As long as they were loyal to God, they would overcome. So their, their strength was not based on their army. Their strength was based on their loyalty to God. Now, we are the people of God. And God has declared that we are his possession. And now, we are not based too much on loyalty. We are based on grace. So we are not going to battle because we are loyal. We go to battle because we know the grace of the Lord that is with us. And we know that the grace of the Lord carries us. Listen, you are God's possession. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. You are his own people. You, heaven, heaven died for you. Now you stand up and you take yourself as a cheap chippy. You just, you just roam around. And on some of you, you are crying, oh God, why don't you do this? Sometimes God doesn't want to do because he wants you to do. Yes, you got it, okay. Oh God, please, please, please. God said, go do it. God, please, 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 please. But he has told you, go do it. God, please, 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 please. Huh? He, he, he gave you a voice. Eh? No, to sing. Oh, God, please sing for me. God, sing for me. He's not going to sing for you. 
You know what he's going to do? He's going to empower you so that you can sing. Because his power is already in you. Hallelujah. The, listen, listen, what God wants to do, God doesn't want to come on earth to do things anymore. He wants his children to stand up and do it. Because he has invested himself in them. So I want you to know that the investment of heaven is in you. So when you go now, don't be afraid. Hallelujah. I said don't be afraid anymore. No, that greater is it that is in you than the one that is in the world. You are not here as a fearful guy anymore. Do you get it? I doubt. So if you get this thing, you, Lord help us, if you really got what I'm telling you, you, my God, help us. Yo, 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 yo. You will shake the world. You will talk like Peter, see when God I do not have. But what I do have, I give to you. Amen. What went wrong with the church? What, wrong, what went wrong with us? I said, what went wrong with us? We are still quoting Peter before he was saved. <laughs> before the guy was saved, we are still talking about his stuff. Let me tell you something. God does not expect the church to try to copy the book of Acts. God is expecting the church to top up the book of Acts. Meaning, what happened in the book of Acts is just a floor for you to stand on and rise higher. Because it was not the act of a disciple, it was the act of the Holy Spirit. But the same Holy Spirit dwells in you today. Hallelujah. I said to God, I will not give justification to any, I will not explain anything. Whatever didn't happen to you should not happen to me. You are quiet. Jesus says, he said, those who love me, I and the Father will come and make our home with him. I and the Father will come and will dwell in him. So there is fullness in you right now. I say there is fullness. You are overloaded. I, I, I say you are so loaded, but you don't understand. You are like this guy that have that, that, that blanket and he didn't know the value of a blanket. The church does not know what they have. And that's why they are defeated because when you don't know, you are still broke. Hallelujah. Amen. I say Hallelujah. You see, one wheelchair stand up, they are shocked. What is that? We are shocked at what we are doing. It means we didn't even believe, we tried. And then it happened by chance. I'm here to tell you that the devil is no business to you. Can, can you hear what I'm saying? He is of no business to you. You don't need to fear the devil. You need to fear God. Yes. You need to fear God. And if you can talk like that, yeah, 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 yeah. if you can talk like that, then God will back you. Because you talk like his child. Yes. Yes. Some of you don't understand. Huh? People will come to see me and after we finish, I say, because you saw me, it's solved. 
I said that to people in my office. I said, because you came, it finished. And before, who is this guy? And then they come, they give testimony. It was finished. I am not talking as a man that has arrived. I'm talking as a man that knows who God is and who God is in him. That's all. I have not arrived. I don't know it all. Hallelujah, I don't know it all. But one thing I do know, God is great. Amen. <laughs> one thing I do know is that the God that I serve has never let me down. Amen. One thing I do know is that it doesn't matter what happened, my God is able. I know that. I know by experience. I know it by facts. I know it. That the God that I serve has never let me down. That's why I can say we're going to do this, we're going to do that. I don't blink because I know it will happen. You might not believe me. That's not a problem for me. I don't care if people believe me or not. I just know I believe myself. Mm -hmm. There are some stuff I, I say, I know people don't believe around me. I don't care. I keep on encouraging myself. I say, believe that. They don't believe because they were not in the inner room where you were. They don't believe because they don't have, they don't know who you met there. They don't believe because they don't have the experience. But you have your experience with God. Why don't you believe what you have received from God? Why don't you believe? Why don't you believe? You are saved for many years now. And the same devil you are battling has not been able to kill you yet. Why are you afraid of him? That thing you are afraid of has not been able to terminate you. And you stop your life because of that. He thought he's going to stop you. But look at where you are today. If he could stop you, you wouldn't be here today. So why do you focus? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do you focus on something that cannot stop you instead of focusing on something that can move you? Yeah. He comes to me also. You will come to me and say, listen, you've been how many years in ministry? Look at that. You were supposed to be far further than this. And I tell him, but at least I'm not from the beginning. At least I'm going somewhere. And you acknowledge it. That's why you come to me. <laughs> you came because you knew something is happening. And you are trying, I refuse in the name of Jesus. I refuse. I refuse. In the name of Jesus. Say, I know who I am. Say, I know the God I belong to. I want to tell you that your God created the universe. Your God made everything. And your God said, I'm dwelling in you. You and me, we are majority. You don't need the crowd. You need God. Yes. Yes. You are God's inheritance. And I learned something. Inheritance does not fight for itself. Somebody fight for the inheritance. Have you seen a house fighting? I'm a house. No. No. People are fighting to get it. But the house just stands still. God say, be still and know that I am God. <laughs> so, 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 God says, the battle is not yours. Why do you think he said the battle is not yours? Because he's the one fighting to get you. So why are you fighting for yourself when God is fighting to get you? So the battle is never yours. The battle is the Lord because somebody wants to get you and God wants to get you. Between the two, who will overcome? We know who will overcome. God Almighty. Stand still. Stand still. And you will see the deliverance of the Lord. 
He took Israel out of Egypt. He said, you are my possession. Red Sea stood there. He said, split the Red Sea. I have called you to go forward. The Red Sea has to part. They came to the place, there's no water. He said, you are my possession. Speak to the rock. Spoke, water came. Listen, God says, you belong to me. I know my owner. Yeah, I know my owner. Yo, I know my owner. And I know my owner does not lose a battle. So when the battle gets tough, I step out of the way. And I say, God, I am yours. I am your possession. You fight for me, and I enjoy the victory. So if you are sitting here today, and you are depressed, throw the depression away. It does not belong to you. It belongs to the devil. Give it back to the devil. Hallelujah. If you are here and you think you are oppressed, throw the oppression back to the devil. You belong to the light. I want you to know who you are and who is in you and whom you belong to. The moment you know those principles, you are at peace. You are at peace. You are at peace. Then you can be sick in the hospital bed. You say, my owner hasn't told me yet that I'm going. Therefore, I'm walking out of here. Doesn't matter how many machines are plugged on me, I'm walking away from them. If you don't know, you die. Ignorance is a killer. Knowledge is a savior. Are you blessed? Look at yourself. Say, greater is he. That is in me than the one in the world. Say to your neighbor, neighbor, do you know who is sitting next to you at church? Do you know who? Say, say neighbor, say neighbor, I, 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 do you know who is sitting here? Ah, ha, ha, ha. Hey, 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 hey. Woo! you know. Wow, my God, I was in meeting. And the prophet called a young man. He said, you, this is what God says. When the meeting was finished, my, my friend told me, let's go take his contact number. I said, why? He said, now he can give us the contact number. When that word is fulfilled, we won't get this guy again. So we are clever enough. <laughs> Some of you, instead of taking the contact of what is sitting next to you, you are not. One day you will need appointment to see him. Now you don't need appointment. It's your time. Hey. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, when I came to Bloom, I was working in ShopRite. People didn't know one day they would take appointment to see me. So I was working with my bags of ShopRite. I was coming home. And I we cook, we eat, we cook, and and and, and, and. but now see what the Lord has done. See what the Lord has done. Takes God to turn a man and take him out of the needy and sit him at the table with princes. It only takes God to do that. That's why I read Psalm 113 to you. They say it takes the needy from the dust and sit him at the table with princes. Who is in you will make you shoot up to the top. I'm telling you the truth. Don't despise the small beginnings. 
don't despise you. I say, don't despise you. Say, I refuse to despise me. Say, I refuse to despise me. Because you know what? I know that better is to come. I have not arrived. No. You? No, I have not arrived. I will arrive the day I see him face to face. So when I'm in this life, I'm still pursuing. And I will go from glory to glory. And from strength to strength. The mistake of the people of Israel, in the book of Numbers, chapter number 13 to 14, when they came to the gate of the promised land, they despised themselves. They say we are like grasshoppers. So are we in their eyes. When you despise you, heaven despises you. But Caleb and Joshua says, no. These people are our bread. They are our breakfast. <laughs> and God said, I like this attitude. Humility will say, I am nothing. These guys say, no. They are giants, but we are bigger than... How can you eat something that is bigger than you? Hallelujah. You always eat something that is smaller than you. And if it's bigger, you have to cut it into pieces before you eat. So these people, what we were saying is that we are more giants than those giants. Because they say we are, they are our breakfast. We'll eat them up. They'll fit on our table. And we'll eat them up. God said, I like this attitude. He said, the two of you will go to the promised land. Those who think they were humble say, we are too small. We are like grasshopper. He said, you will die because you despise you. May God help you not to despise you. Yeah. Hallelujah. You, you think it's humility to say, I am nothing. I'm a worm. Me, I am nothing. You will die nothing. You need to say, I am who God says I am. Yes. I have what God says I am. If God say I am holy, I am holy. If God say I am blessed, so I am, so am I. Don't despise your inheritance. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for doing this for us. When you come out of here, you walk like giants now. You don't walk like grasshoppers anymore. Walk like giants. When they say somebody is possessed, you say, Oh, this is too bad. It's because I'm not there. Bring him to me. You say, when I appear, demon possess disappear. When I appear, they disappear. Hallelujah. I say, hallelujah. I am what God, what God says I am. I am what God says I am. I'm a healer, not a sick man. Oh, yes. I am what God says I am. Hey! <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. What God says I am, that's what I am. I cannot speak myself lower than what God says. Amen. Hallelujah. I want the worship team to go in place. And I want you to repent for despising yourself. And if you were not despising yourself, I want you to thank God for not despising yourself. If you are despising yourself, you need to repent this morning. And say, Lord, forgive me because I have seen me in the eyes of me. And I want to see me in the eyes of you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you blessed? Amen. Are you blessed? Amen. Hallelujah.